I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in them, because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then, you know, who cares about what the others say? Hello, and welcome to the We're In Between podcast, uh, the uh, podcast where we discuss an episode of As Told by Ginger once per week, every week. We are now on episode 13, the unlucky number 13, called I Spy a Witch. I'm not sure if that was intentional or not, but maybe we can put that on the discussion docket. Um, very excited about this one, as it did come up in an interview with uh, Aspen. And, yeah, in this episode, Ginger is framed for vandalizing the school statue and is denied her part as a lead in the school musical, where, uh, but it was really Miranda and Mitzi who did the vandalizing. And, uh, on the Carl side of things, he's having trouble coming up with a, uh, prank that is good enough to scare his mom for Halloween, so, uh, he has a little visit with an old friend to help him pull off this prank. Uh, and not only is it, un, you know, unlucky number ter- 13 for As Told by Ginger, but there's also two things to mention. Obviously, one, this is As Told by Ginger's Halloween episode, which I know we're celebrating Halloween very early, but you know what? I mean, what can you do? Also, another thing, this episode aired on October 26, 2001, which meant that at this at this point in time, the series has already been a year old. Wow, that's nuts. Hmm. Considering, you know, 13 episodes in. Well, the reason I, I, the reason why there were 13 episodes was because it aired consistently, you know, throughout, you know, all the way from, like, October through February. The, the schedule was very consistent. But between Comeback Little Seal Girl and I Spy a Witch, there was a few months delayed. So Comeback Little Seal Girl aired on February 11th. I Spy a Witch aired on October. But I guess it makes a lot of sense because during that time, uh, Teen Nick started becoming a brand new thing. And then... And so they were there was a schedule change in which it used to as told by ginger used to air on nickelodeon but then it switched over to teen nick because that was when they were focusing on teenagers you know so you had like a whole, whole bunch of programs that were focused on teenagers like caitlin's way and taina so um i guess this was kind of like um you know as told by ginger was like hey this show is not really it's more like for preteen so let's see if we can air it there so maybe that's why the show was delayed for a while interesting i wasn't aware of that all right so um yeah, I Spy a Witch was um, written by Eric Casimiro, and you'll be hearing this name a lot because he was one of the directors of As Told by Ginger, and according to um, Jared, whom we've had on the podcast a few months ago, he was the one who wrote the Little Seal Girl song. So the episode starts off with It's Halloween, and there is an audition for a play called I Spy a Witch, which is kind of like a child version of The Crucible. You know, it's about witches and being accused of witch, uh, being accused of being a witch and the Salem witch trials, and... They're awaiting to see what their roles are. And we have Miranda acting incredibly over the top and laughing maniacally, even though that Mazorski says, oh, that's a really interesting take on Glinda the Good Witch, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very typical of Miranda to not be capable to uh, of, of um, you know, 
actually be a a good character, right? She she just doesn't have that capability. Um, one of my favorite things I think about this episode is that we get these these parallels, right? Where it's kind of like there's the witch hunt for who dressed up this statue, right? Somebody vandalized the school statue as a witch. And the principal's kind of going on his own witch hunt, so to speak, while they're doing this play about the traditional witch hunts. And I just think it's kind of a a fun situation there. For sure. Yeah, I am absolutely obsessed with this sort of crucible-based kind of musical. And uh, <laughs> and I love the way especially that it parallels real life as we check in on the musical, I believe three times over the course of the episode. Maybe it's more than that. It, it, at first, it's subtle, the sort of accusations of who's the witch or who vandalized the witch in real life. And by the end, it becomes, you know, completely art- mirroring life and uh, it's a little more heavy-handed than as told by ginger is typically but i loved it so going back into the audition for the play um miss orsky is giving out the roles Dodie has to play a man because no man had auditioned for the play and macy gets the part of the girl who's possessed by the witch and Ginger gets the role of Goody Webster, who's like the main lead, and Miranda wanted to have the main lead, and she was kind of really disappointed. She says to Ms. Zorsky, Ms. Zorsky, I wanted Goody Webster. I memorized all her lines. And then Ms. Zorsky says, okay, well, you can be Ginger's understudy, and you get the role of villager number three. And she looks so pissed on that. <laughs> yeah, she's very much, you know entitled kind of a person she's almost stunned at the idea that she could potentially not have the role right like it doesn't make sense to her which to be fair she's really not that good of an actress so it's not particularly surprising on my end but you know so it goes um i want to quickly talk about this we get this really interesting and bizarre side plot with carl in this one and i thought it was so strange to see actual like supernatural things happening within as told by gender he goes to set up this seance to bring back good old maud from the dead and i'm expecting this not to work right and it, and then it really does it actually happens we actually see her ghost in the form of hoodsy which is bizarre just to see in general but the, the whole thing is just it felt not exactly out of place but kind of unexpected for the show I think, in my opinion, it's very out of place. You know, for a slice-of-life cartoon, it has certain boundaries in which it has to be really connected towards real life. Um, you know, with um, you could argue about, what about for Hey Arnold, in which, you know, you have Gerald's Legends. True, but there were a lot of cases, there were a lot of cases in which you didn't really know if the legends were true. Like, you know, with Pigeon Man, everybody thought that he was a crazy man. Well, that's not true. He was just a man who loved birds. Or Stoop Kid, they thought he was just like this weird guy that he was just left on his stoop and, you know, it's, there's, he's a lot more tragic. And then the story of Weez and Ed, in which there's like this buried treasure and you can hear the wheezing but it just turned out to be a bunch of guys making counterfeit pennies i think the only one that was like a hundred percent confirmed to be real was big caesar other than that with arnold they're they're able to make the you know the, the sense in which you know you have all these legends that are going around i mean sure they may not be true but it makes it very fascinating 
But as for this, it it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like something Carl would do. And the only reason why he did this was because he was trying to scare off Lois with, you know, taking car companion Bob's hand, covered it in, like, a ketchup and making it look like it's blood and put it in the fridge so that Lois could get freaked out. And then there was another one in which he takes the calf's liver and puts it inside him, making it look like Hoodsy cut him open. And he's you know plays dead and hoodie carries a hoe making it covered in blood saying like i didn't mean to do it mrs valley it was out of my hand and lois does not miss a beat she knows that they're not really doing that she's not even scared even once and carl is like man if only maude were here she would be she would be really disappointed that i'm not able to pull off pranks like she would do and that's why she's brought back and you know, it's it's like, I, I guess that that's pretty cool that we do get to see Maude come back, but it just feels really off to me. You know, I've been thinking about, I haven't stopped thinking about this episode since I watched it in terms of the Maude ghost and how literal and direct they are. Like Kind of like Ashley said, where you expect it to either not work or maybe it's all in their heads, but this happens. It just straight up happens. I kind of loved it just because I love that sort of like, magical realism sort of world, uh, which is part of why I love Hey Arnold, because even though you're right, Patricia, only one of them is confirmed, I think the Hey Arnold universe is very magical in some ways, uh, probably because we're seeing the show from a child's perspective, and there's an inherent sort of wonder in the way that they see the world, but in As Told by Ginger, middle schoolers start to get a little more cynical, so to see something this otherworldly happen. I don't know. I, I think it was a bold choice. I'm glad they did it, but I don't I don't know if it was right in the tone of the show, but I'm still glad that it happened. Am I making any sense? I had a lot of feelings about this. Sure, sure, it's fine. Yeah, it's definitely one of the harder things to wrap your head around, I think. It is it's definitely unexpected, and uh, I, I do love, though, that we do get to see Maud again and all of her craziness. Definitely the most uh, intriguing, I think, Carl side plot thus far. Yeah, I mean, over the past couple of weeks, I think that the Carl side plots have been kind of okay, but then you know you have something like this in which they raise somebody back from the dead. It's like <laughs> okay, now you're really up in the ante there, as told by Ginger. Well, when you when you put it like that, yeah, I guess it does. It is ridiculous. <laughs> Cutting back. um... I want to talk about the song that they sing. We even talked about this with Aspen, in which, you know, it's basically that when they were singing the song, they had to do it in, like, five levels. It's like, you know, you have to play as yourself. Then you have to play as yourself singing. Then you have to be bad at singing on purpose. Uh-huh. So it's just, like, and, and you know, obviously not, not only being bad on purpose, but being over-the-top dramatic on purpose. So you have all these layers that they had to do for singing this song. And, you know, it's probably one of my, it's probably my favorite moment in the entire episode in which they sing this song. Maybe because I love musicals, but it's actually really, really fun. And, and you know, we have uh, Principal Milty trying to find out who vandalized the statue, and he keeps asking people like Chet Zipper. He thinks that Darren, when he's shining on the light on him, he's trying to hide something from him so you know we have that thing going on and then we see miranda uh whispering to somebody saying that she's going to 
come up with a plan to frame Ginger saying that she was the one who vandalized the statue and not Miranda. She goes over to the principal's office saying that Ginger did it. And she even brought up this little detail. Uh, she even brought up saying, well, uh, M- Principal Milty, she does have a criminal record. So you know that, you know, she could probably do this. It's like th- it's referencing back to episode one in which Ginger gets arrested for stealing the enter sign from the bank. Yeah, I love always love the uh, continuity that we see throughout this, which is... Again, one of the great things about us watching through the whole show in that even in just those little ways we kind of see throwbacks, that and, I mean, just the existence of Maud, right? Like, things that wouldn't necessarily be unwatchable, but definitely make more sense if you watch it as a through storyline. Definitely. Yeah, I love the continuity, and uh, it's starting to reveal itself a little bit more. Like, I feel like now that the show has developed a history, like you said, Patricia, it's been a year now since it started, And uh, it's starting to call back to previous things that it's already done, and it makes it a a unique Nicktoon in that way. And I, I really enjoy that. So we cut into the girls doing their rehearsal, and Principal Milty and Ms. Zorsky approach the girls, saying, girls, we have to accuse you for something. And at first they thought it was the play, and then they start singing, and then Ms. Zorsky stops and is like, no, we're being serious. One of you is accused for vandalizing the statue, and they're shocked. And then they get even more shocked when they uh, when Principal Milty says, Ginger, I need to see your bag. And... Um, you know, earlier in the scene, Miranda put the um, the makeup and the paint and all that stuff into her book bag. And then when Principal Milty asks Ginger to bring her bag, and then she reveals the stuff that's inside it, we see the paint and the and you know all that stuff. And Ginger's shocked by it, and he suspends her, and is no longer going to be in the play. And so she leaves the school, and she's really disappointed, and Miranda just simply smiles and said, guess who's going to be the new Goody Webster? She got what she wanted, which, you know, to be fair, this scheme with Miranda is not really that fascinating, because Miranda did some really bad stuff in the previous episodes. First of all, she got Ginger arrested in the first episode. She almost attempted to... I mean, once you do that, it's like, man, you got to up your ante, girl. And then... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon she's probably going to get away with murder. <laughs> right. But then, you're right, she does these sort of half-baked, like, petty middle school things. And it's like, you already got her. Like, you act like this is all so evil. And it's just, like, mildly annoying and conniving. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with episode yeah, four, but- you know, you are attempting, I'm um, trying to make her wet the bed. Then with, um, you know, episode eight, you threatened blackmail of not of of saying that if you don't stay away from Courtney I'm going to reveal that you shaved your legs but you know though that stuff I can kind of debate that you know she was trying to embarrass other people you know making them making her making Ginger look like a fool which okay I can get that you know because you know um, Ginger is starting to become friends with Courtney and the other popular girls are starting to get to know her so you're ruining reputation okay I get that but then we have this scene in which the only thing that Miranda's doing is that she's trying to get a lead role in a play. Okay, you're going to do that? I mean, I just don't find it that strong. And trust me, this is not the worst that Miranda will do. Later on in the series, it gets much worse. So looking at this perspective in seeing that Miranda is trying all her damnedest to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, get Ginger suspended so I can have the lead role. It's like, eh. 
For sure. And as, you know, someone in the theater myself, I can certainly remember those times where all you wanted was, you know, the part. And uh, I think all of us have some theater experience, right? All three of us? Yes. I actually, you know, starting off as a child, uh, I used to do a lot of like performing arts in my church. In middle school, I wrote and directed plays. In high school, I performed so, yeah, throughout my middle and high school years, I was in theater. Cool. Yeah, and, I, and Ashley, was, Ashley and I both did theater together in high school. Yeah. Significant interaction in Twelfth Night, which is kind of funny to think back on. Yeah, that was ages ago, man. Oh, no way! Uh, I was in the Twelfth Night. Oh, hey! Really? Oh, hey. Yeah, I was Maria. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great Hi. part. I was, uh, what was her name? Viola, right? That's her name, right? Viola and uh, Malvolio. Nice. Yeah, we had we had some interactions there. Uh, yeah, and you too, Casey, you were in a show with my brother too, which is weird to think about. That's right. My freshman year, I was in a show with the Jaywits uh, several years before that whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, um... But so I, I understand Definitely. Miranda's how she is driven to sort of get the part at any cost because when you're a kid you you wrap up your ego in it and sometimes when yeah. you're an adult you wrap up your ego in it even though you really shouldn't and yeah I can definitely say that uh, in high school these things seemed a lot bigger than they maybe seem to us now right like getting the part getting the lead part in the middle school show might sound kind of lame but in middle school. It was definitely, there was drama. There was always drama surrounding these types of things. Somebody was always super upset. People got pretty invested. So, yeah, definitely not the most maniacal thing she does by any means, but the attitude of it does make sense. Yeah. Let's talk about the costumes that Carl and Hoodsy wear. They're mutant (laughs) spinach organically grown. It's like, that is such, that is like the weirdest costume I've ever heard of. I mean, I've seen like weird costumes. I just finished watching Disney's Doug and they're dressed in things like Doug was a, it was a bottle of paste and Patty Mayonnaise was a pencil and Connie was, um, um, uh, you know, a person's lips with braces on it. But mutant spinach, that's definitely a new one. For sure. Do you, do you mind if I go back over to the play for just a second? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so there's an acting technique called Meisner, and uh, it's basically about getting out of your own way and just acting how you do act, because we all perform every day. Everything is improv. You don't write the scene that you're going to have with the bank teller the next day. Um, and I think I bring that up because I think Miranda could use a lot of it. <laughs> because Miranda, her whole life is a performance, let's be honest. Like, she is constantly performing this, like, devious thing that she wants to be everyone in middle school is performing everyone in life is performing but then when you give her a script she becomes a total robot and she's terrible (laughs) yeah you know considering how arrogant she is she really didn't deserve the role she is clearly the worst actor of the two of them but you know so it goes yeah then we end up i think it's maude right gives the picture over something i feel like maude's involved somehow and is like get this to ginger yeah um cutting back into a little bit so um so carl and hoodsy do the seance and he drops off all the stuff that maude used to own including the gallstone 
and um Maud is not responding and so they decide okay we're gonna need some fresh meat and so they kidnap Blake and so they bring him over so that Maud can take over Blake's body but he ends up taking over Hoodsy's body and Maud just comes by and um Maud is the one who approaches Blake and he steals the picture of Miranda vandalizing the statue that he received from Courtney's email because Courtney is in France. This is why we're not talking about Courtney in this episode. Yeah, they and they they introduce that very kind of heavy-handedly too. Where uh, or no? Do they talk about it the next episode? There's one episode where Ginger says, "Oh, Courtney in France." She like says it pretty much directly to the audience, like Courtney is back from France or something like that. Yeah, uh, it, when it's in the first scene, um, right after Miranda and Mipsy vandalized the statue, that. Um, when they see the statue the next morning and then Ginger, Dodie, and Macy are seeing it and then Ginger says, it's too bad that Courtney can't see that she's in France right now. So that's where we got the that's where we learned about that Courtney's in France with her mom. Yeah, not the most subtle, um, you know, knowledge drop there, but, you know, it works. It's all good. Carl and Maud uh, come up with the idea of the fact that he that she can scare off Lois. So she gets out of Hoodsy's body when Hoodsy walks over to a rake, similar to Sideshow Bob from the Simpsons episode, and then um, and then Maud not, you know goes over to the door and she says trick or treat, and Lois is like frightened, and then she approaches her saying, ah, don't worry, it wasn't your mushroom caps that killed me, I think it was the rash, and so then she gives the picture of Miranda vandalizing the statue to Lois, she takes that weird little stick thingy, and then she just walks away, and then Carl says goodbye to Maud, and then Maud goes away, and unfortunately, Casey and Ashley, this is the last time that we'll be seeing Maud in the series. She never comes back after this. That is sad to hear. I do remember uh, Casey, I think, said something like, oh, does she come back to life? And I remember you, Patricia, being like, well, we'll just have to see. And I thought you were—I thought you were messing with us. I thought you were just being ridiculous. Yeah. Well, see, I was totally joking. And then when you said that, I thought, okay, she wouldn't say that for no reason. So then I thought Maud must have somehow not really died. Like it was someone else. I don't know. So I was excited to see her return somehow and i guess we got that in this episode but it was a little disappointing <laughs> yeah that's the f- that's the sad thing is that you know you would have thought that maybe carl and Maud would be doing something so cool but no it's just there to help out ginger's side of the story which is kind of sad and then we never see Maud again so then Ginger finds out that Miranda was the one who vandalized the statue. So she rides her bike all over to the school and then she gets one of the villager costumes and then she um, kind of like does a lot of improv to try to convince Miranda to confess that she was the one who vandalized the statue. And then everybody gets involved. You know, Dodie gets involved, Macy gets involved and all the other students get involved trying to say that, you know, Mar- you know Miranda's the uh, goody, goody Webster's the witch. And then Miranda tries to do some improvising, saying, like, I am an innocent girl. And so then they started singing the song. And then finally Miranda confesses, saying, okay, I did it. I was the one who vandalized the statue. And then everybody starts applauding, thinking that this is part of the play. And then that's actually how the episode ends. Gotta love the old, you know, think it's real life, but it really isn't. I think the producers take that to its logical extreme. (laughs) All right, well, let's move on to our yay, nay, or meh part of the episode. Uh, for me, this one's a, a pretty clear yay on my end. Yeah, I just, I enjoy both plots. I know, uh, I think the 
mod plot confused me a bit, but I was on board with it and excited about it. So it's a yay from me. Oh, I'm afraid that I'm going to have to give this one a meh because I reviewed this Halloween special two years ago when I was doing As Told by Ginger Month. And compared to all the other Nickelodeon Halloween specials, and especially compared to what would happen later on in the series, it's just kind of a little underwhelming in my opinion. So yeah, I wasn't really too crazy about this one. Not as a Halloween special for Nickelodeon and not as what would be shown later on in the series. Especially, I just felt that Ginger's side of the story, especially with you know Miranda being, um, you know, this was like Miranda's next big scheme to ruin Ginger's life. It was kind of underwhelming. And then Carl's side of the story was kind of disappointed because you would think that maybe resurrecting Maud that would do something really cool, but then it just turned out to be very beneficial for Ginger's plot. And then we never see Maud again. So yeah, I'm I'm not really too crazy about this one. You know, I, I think I'm going to have to side with Casey on this one. I And it might be partially because it's newer to us, right? And I think just I enjoyed the the musical aspect of it and the parallels that we were talking about. Um, not my strongest yay by any means, but I think, I think overall I definitely enjoyed myself. Um, it's kind of weird in context with the rest of the show that does make me a little bit hesitant with that, but overall I'm going to go with yay still. Okay, fair enough. Thanks you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you next week with episode 14. (laughs) 